what if you didn't have to do anything? Like, what if when you showed up and saw this person, you didn't have to be any way? What if you didn't have to do anything? Like, what would that experience be like? And the answer never ends up being they would leave you. The answer is usually like peace for you and a whole different level of connection between the people. Welcome back to Not For Everyone. We're an existential commentary podcast hosted by one hater and one lover. I'm Jess DeBakey. I'm the lover. And back on Zoom across from me, it's Caroline Winkler. (laughs) How the hell are you? I'm actually really good. Actually, I'm really good. How are you? Actually, is that because you had two breakfasts this morning? I did. I had two different breakfast dates and that... I'll tell you what, that gives me anxiety. I spend most days just just worrying about how I'm socially going to get through the next day's events. Um, and then, you know, most of the time it's great. So all, all my fault. But I had two amazing breakfast dates, one with a dear friend and then one with my dad. And it was just, it's a beautiful day outside. I had double breakfasts. Both of them had bacon. I was going to ask. <laughs> oh, yeah. Both had bacon. Bacon I, that you didn't prepare. Exactly. That's the only – that's what bacon is to me. It's a meat that I don't make. <laughs> that's bacon. Yeah. Uh, my dad was cracking me up. He – he's such a kook. He was telling me a story. He was just visiting my sister overseas. They, like, met in Italy together because she's working overseas, and they, like, went on a little trip together, and during the trip, she – like almost really injured her arm and they had to go to a doctor in a foreign country in a foreign why did I say country like that country country (laughs) (laughs) and the whole thing is like you can imagine that's such a disorienting and upsetting experience like she thought she broke her arm and you don't speak the language and you're going to see a doctor and like I went to doctors when I lived in Italy and the whole experience is very different from seeing a doctor first of all, in your native tongue, and just, like, the way offices are set up, it doesn't really, to me, it did not set me at ease. All disorienting, all upsetting. And my dad's recounting the story to me, and he's telling me how he's, like, trying to work in some of his comedy during this interaction with the doctor. In, like, a pretty stressful, upsetting situation. It's, it's, he's hilarious, and it's, like, always very upsetting when it's at the wrong times. Does he know that it's at the wrong time and he's just kind of like doing his, it's like a shtick. He does know and he told me his feelings about that. He was like, they were getting some, trying to get an x-ray done and he leaned into this doctor who like, they're communicating through Google Translate. My sister's upset. She's possibly broken her arm. They don't know where they are. Like someone just picked them off off the side of the road. And my dad takes this time to lean into like an arm doctor and be like, through Google Translate, do you think you could take out my appendix while we're here? (laughs) Like, such a dad joke. Not funny. I would not be laughing. I would be so annoyed if it was me in that, like, stressful situation. And, And I was like, did the doctor laugh? Like, did he get it? And he was like, no, he didn't get it. I don't give a fuck. Fuck him. I don't care if they get it. It's not for him. (laughs) It's for me. He literally said that. (laughs) He was like, with the jokes, if they don't get it, fuck him. (laughs) He said that to me like four different times. He said that to me like four (laughs) times during our breakfast. He was just like, fuck (laughs) him. It was so, so funny. And the whole time, 
I'm just feeling for my sister in that moment because I've been I have been the injured child of my father so many times when he is like very busy making jokes and not giving a fuck and it's yeah. so frustrating fuck him fuck about em. his own kid fuck yeah em. he's like i'm at this hospital to see where my jokes land but also don't care if they do fuck them <laughs> it okay i don't think that this is this is not what you're describing but it does remind me i guess it might be a dad compulsion to mm. some extent because my dad he has a knack for making a joke when things are very tense and like Sometimes it works really well because it breaks the ice. Like that often is his role in our family unit because there's four of us, my mom, my sister, and I. So it's three women and him. Yeah. And he's very good at like when we're all getting wound up about stuff. While I would say 25% of the time he also is getting wound up. But the other 75% of the time he's finding a way to slide in a joke and just like whether it pisses us off or makes us laugh, honestly, either way, it breaks the ice. Yeah. 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 And that's kind of his goal. And I also think he's pretty good at knowing his audience, like, especially with my sister when she's getting really stressed about stuff. I think he he knows her well enough to know, like, I'm going to make this joke that kind of disarms her. And it works a lot of the times. And it's something that mm-hmm. I'm not good at doing with her because I'm very conscious of her emotions and like wanting to make her feel heard and all these things. But my dad just cuts the bullshit and makes a joke. So I don't know, like maybe I would give your dad a little credit that maybe 10% of the time he's doing that. We're, very we're describing things. very different things. One of these is okay. a talent. One is very upsetting. One is harmful. Yeah, no, one is like, it's like, we're not an emotional fight. It's like somebody has very much injured themselves. We're not sure if we're going to get medical care. We're not even sure if it's communicating. Like tensions are very, it's not a fight. It's like, we're not sure if we're going to get the thing. And then he's like, let me confuse this even more. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's It's like there's a problem to solve and we need to just solve it. And he's like, let's make this problem disorienting. Beyond what it totally, is. Let's add problems to the problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's add some problems. I think this would be a fun problem. Um, no, I love him. It is very yeah. lovable, but it was just him just saying his philosophy on joke telling. The fact that he doesn't care if people <laughs> get the joke is, I do not relate to that. And it made it made me laugh so hard. But your dad, it sounds I like, has it. an actual talent. That That truly is... Like a superpower, I think, if you can disarm the emotional bomb in that moment, that's pretty amazing. It works well. I mean, it doesn't work every time. And like pretty much every time my mom is immediately pissed off. She's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, why? This is the worst timing Am for I you to do that. still married to you? Yeah, she's like, she, literally, she has like a come, like a come to Jesus moment where she looks at him and she's like, "Oh, it's still fucking you across the <laughs> still table, like you over there, <laughs> doing the same shit." Like, I can't believe I'm still putting up with this bullshit. But I don't know, like uh. me as someone who, first of all, I, I mean, my dad, I've talked about him so many times. Like, he's my favorite person. So he's a fixture on this podcast, on this podcast, and in my heart, as he should be, as I would want him to be. But yeah, like when I see it happening, I have a very, I take it in very purely. You're I'm like, so pure. he can do no wrong. I'm like, he has a reason why he does this all the time. My my mom gets annoyed and my sister is like 50-50. With me every time, I'm like, dad did something. Dad did a thing. It's working. It's working for me. Is it working for you guys? Oh no. Everyone's upset? Oh, 
I still love this uh, man, so I don't know. I have like a, I have rose-colored glasses on when it comes to him. Yeah. Um, and I do feel like I remember your dad being hilarious. Like just He's at, so funny. when we would like go to your house for a graduation party or something, <laughs> so and he weird. would be doing like magic tricks. He was a classic. He loved the finger pretending that his finger <laughs> didn't he used to do that pretending that his finger was like cut off yeah it's a classic it's a classic i feel like he used i like when i think of your dad i think of him doing that <laughs> terrible. what a, what a legacy so i love that he has like a a philosophy on jokes did he ever think about being an entertainer because he has so many talents like he that. literally used to like do paid gig magic shows because he's act genuinely beyond the, the fucking finger trick he's a genuinely a very good magician it's something that's marred me like i think uh all of my siblings and i have ended up in the situation where a guy will try and like impress us maybe by like doing a magic trip and i'm like oh that one's not gonna work i'm like that one's not gonna work that's so yeah it's a funny thing where i'm like that was good (laughs) what's on your radar today i want to celebrate i want to celebrate some listener dms i read all the dms and Somebody sent, people are always sending us, you guys fucking get it. People are sending us what we want to hear, which are your petty complaints. <laughs> yes. I think somebody, yes. somebody knocked it out of the park so hard. I'm like, this is it. This is. I think I know this the is one. It. Yes, I think you do. I'm going to read this. Jess, Jess emailed, uh, DM'd us. Yeah, a different, not, not me, you. Jess, a listener. Jess DM'd yeah, yeah, yeah. us in response to nothing. She sent this at 3 a.m. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read, I didn't the timestamp. Well, who knows where she lives, but for me it was 3 a.m. and that's perfect. Petty complaint or something. Couples that talk about their sleeping habits, like X snores and Y wakes up whenever I roll over. I don't care unless the guy is like <laughs> reciting recipes out loud. I do not care and it's not funny. <laughs> perfect. It's Just so, perfect submission. It's so perfect. And I was literally, I was like driving around this morning laughing about it in the car, thinking about why this is so my brand of petty complaint because I think it's because <laughs> it's because it's so it's so benign. It's so benign. Yeah, like, so harmless. so harmless. And like everyone does it like I've done it. And and yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's so obnoxious. Like who gives a fuck? Literally who no one cares. Literally, Literally no one cares. cares. <laughs> who the fuck cares? And we all. Yeah. I say a lot of people do it. I've done it. And it's so benign. It's so benign. <laughs> I loved it. I mean, immediately when I saw that, we do read all the DMs. We don't respond to all of them because there's just too many to respond to each one. But that one, I was like, Jess gets through. She gets through the gate. I'm going to respond to her. You crushed this. Like, it was incredible. And I've seen a lot of memes and stuff, too, that it reminded me of where people will be like, oh, I saw this meme one time that was like, choose the partner that you're going to be happy to ask every morning, how did you sleep? And I was no, like, I guess I'll be alone. I'll be alone. Well, yeah. I was like, I don't care how anyone slept. Other than myself, I do not care how you slept. I don't even care how I sleep. I'm not sleeping. You don't see me complaining about it. What 
whatever. Like, That's I don't true. even care how I sleep. Who needs it? But then the audacity of people to, like, make their sleep a conversation topic yeah, with other like, people. It's, like, a little bit intimate. And it's, like, why are you sharing this intimate thing? But they're doing it in a cute way. But it's not cute to anyone else. It's, like, this is a cute story if I'm in love with your husband, which yeah. I happen to not be. <laughs> and and then I cracked me up that, the, that Jess, who DM'd us, was, like, and, I, and it's not funny because I never... I never really thought that anyone was implying these stories were funny. Are funny. <laughs> so it's so funny. But people giggle. But they laugh. And you know why they're laughing? Because it's awkward. Because they just said something and no one is giving them a response. And then they yeah. start laughing. And then you're like, was that supposed to be funny? They're just laughing to cover the dead air. Because whatever they just shared wasn't interesting to anyone. That's <laughs> I don't that's care funny. Anyone sleeps. I don't care how anyone has been sleeping. That is fucking hilarious. Don't ever tell me don't. how you slept. It's like when you go on a trip with friends or family and you come downstairs in the area. Yeah, you're like, oh, I guess we got to start talking about something. Yeah, because what other question are you going to ask at like eight in the morning when someone just woke up? But it's also like there's nothing to talk about yet. I have said this before and I'll say it again until people start listening. What about silence? Have y'all tried silence? What about it? (laughs) Have you guys have you guys tried it? I don't need to talk to you. Yeah. What are you drinking? Oh my gosh. Do you want to be influenced for a moment? I'm drinking. Yeah, I do. Poppy prebiotic. Okay. Prebiotic soda. (laughs) Um, Okay. They're really good. I would drink these. I'm going to sound like an ad right now. I would drink these even um, if they weren't. I'm not drinking it because it's prebiotic. I'm drinking it because it's a fucking soda. It's so good. Right. Um, I'll make sure that it's not an ad by mentioning two other brands that are competitors. So I love the prebiotic soda trend that's happening right now. Olipop and Culture Pop, I think, are two other ones. And I've been on a mission to, like, try all of them. Okay, I, have a re- I immediately have a complaint. To be clear, same as you, it's not because it's prebiotic. It's just because it's yeah. soda that I can feel okay about drinking. Go on. Okay, cool. Um, I'll allow it. I have a complaint. I've been thinking about this about a couple different like health food brands I've noticed recently that are putting the word culture in their name and I understand where it's coming from because like cultures and good bacteria whatever and it's like but are they are you like I have such a strong visceral reaction to hearing that word associated with food just call it a yeast infection like I don't (laughs) I don't want to hear the word culture there's like good culture yogurt or cottage cheese and like cottage whatever cheese. pop yeah. cult like I don't I I understand they did a really great creative brainstorm and what a fun like scientific word we can throw in and it's also the culture of our brand and that, but you know what I'm just thinking about mold in like a vagina so <laughs> I kind of don't want to eat that cottage cheese now and I don't want that soda yeah you're spot on I, I feel like I, I don't really know if I have anything else to say about it I just agree like <laughs> It has been more popular lately than I've noticed it ever before. I don't know. I've All noticed it with brands. a few and with food brands, and I'm just like, I can't. Well, there's also the just the cottage cheese movement, which I feel like <laughs> I alerted you to, and you I didn't just know that ran was ran with right. I away. did. I actually it's did a movement. Run, I did run with it against against my best efforts. I did run with it because cottage cheese is objectively offensive, but I've been I've been gulping it. I have too it's good and i don't it's not good no no no. but the thing is i don't know it's not it good. Is good you have to top it no. with stuff are you just eating it out of the carton because it's not good you have to put things Listen, on I'm... it or in it to make it good 
please. Actually, Be actually, with the me. brand, <laughs> the brand that I hate, Good Culture, it's amazing. I think you're the one who told me to get it. I am, and I'm. I got to tape over the the name, like the brand <laughs> name on on the dish or whatever, but uh, on the container. But it is amazingly good. Do you get flavored or regular? I don't think so. What the fuck is a flavored cottage flavored cheese, ones. please? It's weird. Stop. No, I'm just putting it like on toast with like blueberries and honey, and it's a great time. Yeah, correct, because you have to dress it up. You're not just eating it out of the carton. That's my point. Yeah, no one should be, nobody should be eating wet curdled cheese no, with a spoon. But they were. They were back in the day. No! That's before cottage no. cheese had this like rebrand. That's a, that is a bucket of a yeast infection. <laughs> that is so upsetting to me. It's what people were doing until the recent rebrand of cottage cheese. Like in 2023, <sighs> They what have rebranded as a product, as, as a cheese. They've no, what do you mean? Like the cottage effort. cheese lobby? Yeah, There's the a cottage, cottage cheese lobby? Big, what do you mean all of them got together and rebranded? Big Cottage Cheese said, we got to change our brand. <laughs> it's not real. If you think back to our lunchroom in middle school where there was a salad Don't bar. Don't make me. Don't <laughs> make me. There was so much trauma in that lunchroom. I, I know. I, I do agree. But there was a salad bar and mm-hmm. one of the items in the salad bar was cottage cheese all gloopy and just like sitting open, there all just open white. to the public in a buffet so everyone can sneeze on exactly, it exactly disgusting and i never once tried it i was like this is some white people shit we've never had this in my home like i don't know what this shit is <laughs> but some people were eating it and they would just scoop it into their bowl and like eat it as is and that's what i'm talking about my whole life that's how i've thought of cottage cheese until now you know who <laughs> The rebrand. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Out of a giant goop. That's probably why I also didn't like it. But you know what else we were eating in middle school? I remember someone paid Colleen Gallagher to eat mud. Like, <laughs> she literally ate mud one day. Like, she did. We were bored. We were it bored. It was huge. I used to sell. I, I used to try to huge. sell. Not in, in middle school, but in elementary school. I used to try to sell mud pies that I would make <laughs> in like the playground. She's an entrepreneur. She's an entrepreneur. I've been trying to monetize shit my whole life. I would like create these little pies that are like a leaf with mud on it and like twigs and try to sell them to people on the playground. At what age? You're like 14, at, like, 16? Five, at like five or six. <laughs> I mean, did anyone have cash on the playground? No, but that was, I was no. trying to like have a business, like a lemonade stand, but mud pies. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't research the market deeply. No, I didn't. I didn't do a lot of competitive analysis. Yeah. And then in middle school, I tried to sell. I would do drawings of SpongeBob and try to sell them to people. I actually remember that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm really honored that you remember that. It's still like the main thing I can draw. (laughs) If you ask me to draw something, I'll draw you SpongeBob. I can't draw anything else. The main thing I can draw. I want to go to like a, a paint and sip class with you where they show you like a floral <laughs> landscape you have to do. And at the end, everyone shows their painting and yours is just a seventh grader <laughs> sketch of SpongeBob. I can I can throw Squidward and Patrick in there. But yeah, it's just that gang. I can't do anything else. It's just that It's hilarious. <sighs> Something I've been thinking a lot about this week is I've been realizing gradually how much my personal sense of value and worth is dependent on me having um like the 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 quality of my social interactions yeah like if i have a bad 
phone call with a friend or not even a bad like there's a fight but just like eh, maybe we're both in a funk and it's not like the most invigorating catch-up phone call that can like ruin me for a week and somehow my sense truly like my own self-esteem is completely wrapped up in that and um but it, it so my my esteem will also drop if I just like haven't of course if I haven't seen anyone for a while it's not just that I get lonely I don't even get lonely it's that if I haven't had like a good social interaction in a while I genuinely just start feeling like I'm bad mm-hmm. and and then you know maybe I have a lunch with a friend or a hangout or a something and if it doesn't end up being this like really highly connected experience um it just compounds and compounds and compounds and for me it translates into feeling like I'm low quality I guess and I've just been noticing how that is something that fluctuates first of all that fluctuates kind of hour to hour you know if you have like one weird interaction or something day to day week to week and in me it's so it's fluctuating as much as my mood or my hormones or my energy level or you know stressors throughout the day it's like this other thing that's fluctuating throughout my life to one of the like ingredients in the recipe of like my wellness and I don't think it's at a very healthy level right now like I I really derive my sense of like goodness or evilness from Mm -hmm. whether I had a connected conversation with somebody I care about and it's not always in your control like you don't always get to control if you guys are like super both like tuned into that conversation or like maybe you just had an off day or if you you know what I mean and I'm I don't know it's just something I've been thinking about a lot and I really spiral on it and I just feel really I'm just noticing like how unstable I am around that I don't know does that make sense more than you could even understand yeah um I relate to that a lot and I it's funny crazy I don't know the word because I feel like I was putting a finger on that this week like kind of starting to realize that about myself or maybe it's something I've realized before but this week it came up again so that's pretty interesting that it was for you too um I really don't even know where to begin with my like response or reactions to it I just very much relate and I don't know I really don't know the way out because I feel in it too and to some degree I'm like I mean, it's better than deriving my self-worth and my value from some other stuff. Like, I used to derive a lot of my value from my career and, like, if I was doing well at my job and getting promoted and things like that, and I really don't do that anymore. Um, I guess you could say I still do in a way if we're considering this a part of my career or what my, like, future career hopes to be. And so I probably do derive value from this but my day job I don't and that's a big been a big shift that's important to me and like what my manager thinks of me and my boss thinks of me that stuff isn't in the equation anymore and so that was a big shift and a big like um, level up in terms of where I get my self-worth in the last couple years but 
I all it's done is like amplify I think how much I get it and need it and rely on it from my social interactions and my friendships and my relationships and I don't know the answer I don't know the answer it's like there's worse places to get it but it doesn't feel good that my mood is so up and down and fluctuates so much depending on um, how an interaction went like I and I put a lot of pressure on myself I don't know if you feel this way and if this is what you were alluding to but I put a lot of pressure on myself to like perform well almost in interactions so if I didn't feel like I brought enough fun energy enough insightful energy enough supportive energy enough jokes enough whatever in an interaction with a friend or a hangout or something um then I leave it feeling like that was kind of weird. I didn't do my best. Like it's almost like I'm scoring myself against like when I have showed up really full and really vivacious and like bringing what was needed to it. And um, that's a weird pressure to put on yourself because like there's two people there or more than two. Yeah. And other people, I don't know if other people, I don't know if the people on the receiving end are like thinking about it the way that I'm thinking about it. If they are, I feel like they're probably thinking about themselves more than they're thinking about me. I really relate to that. The the performative part, like I have to, I have to provide some kind of value. It's um, it's a little bit true and it's a little bit sick, and it's something that I I've actually been doing like a intentional job of trying to grow out of that, um, because I know that my and your value as a friend actually is not just the jokes that you tell or how much you entertain them I've been trying to like what gets lost then is like what about my experience here what about my experience to show up and just like experience what this moment has to offer like what do what am I here to receive because we're both here to receive mm-hmm. um so I've, I've actually been I think as an anxious person, as an insecure person, these are things we all feel. My way of of dealing with that is getting very performative, talking a lot, making a lot of jokes, not being a good listener. And actually, the best moments of connection for me come when I'm like listening better, when I shut my fucking mouth. And um, when I don't try to force a certain energy and just come with like the honest energy Usually, you know, those those close people meet you there, and I know you know that. Yeah. But you still don't get to control if you both – I mean, even with sometimes a best friend or a family member or whoever, like, you still don't get to control, like, when the maximum moments of connection happen. And I just totally mm. – I just totally, like – I don't know. It becomes a moral issue issue for me. I feel like I'm. It makes me feel like I'm bad. It's like kind of makes me want to cry talking about it. Yeah. I don't know why. It. But um. Yeah. And I don't like you. Like I don't know. I don't think there's that much to do. It's it's like it's something you don't control. Something that did help. I noticed this week was going out and doing new things because there are a lot of different ways to feel connected. It's not all in interpersonal moments. Um. I went out and I like. I had the first night on this like volleyball team Hmm. I joined and strangers but we were just like out in like a sandy like volleyball court 
in the summer or spring, what season is it? Like playing volleyball <laughs> and laughing and and that like I felt connected to the world even with people I didn't know. And so that was um yeah, I guess it's not even just about getting it interpersonally. It's just like moments of connection even if it's just to the world generally. So that that felt like I can control that and that's something I can go and do. It really lifted me up. Yeah. But um but it it's honestly it's nice to hear that someone as sparkly mm-hmm. and like genuine and full-hearted as you feels that way too because I I really f- end up taking that and feeling like it's because I'm rotten it's because there's something wrong yeah or whatever yeah. yeah thank you for saying that um I have like so many reactions to what you just said I feel like it's hard because, okay, just speaking more about my personal experience and then I have some questions, I guess, about some of what you talked about. Um, You're a great <laughs> project manager. <laughs> this is the agenda. Yeah, I, I feel like because I'm this person that is known to be like, good at the interpersonal and like good at connecting and like supportive and caring and like have a rich social life and a lot of close friends and all of that is true about me but I also feel like I've kind of like I don't think anyone else holds me to this high standard or something but I've interpreted Mm. that to hold myself to a really high standard of, that's my that's like your value that's, that's who why I am people like you yeah not only my value but it's like it's my identity mm. and so when I'm having these types of struggles it like launches me into an identity crisis yeah. where I'm like oh yeah. like I'm supposed to be this person that like brings the the humor and the energy to a, an event or brings the thought-provoking questions and listening to an event or like whatever's happening I'm the person that can read the room and like deliver what the room needs. And um, I do think that that is like a talent or a skill or like something that I'm pretty good at. But at the same time, I can't be that 100% of the time. That is a lot of pressure. Yeah, but because it's like informed my identity up to this point, it's something that I've gotten feedback that I'm good at. Um, And it's something that's helped me to develop deep, close relationships when I don't feel I can bring that and I've been feeling that way more and more as I get older, as my life gets busier, as I become more selfish about the way that I need to spend my time and my energy, um, Mm -hmm. it's really created this identity crisis where I'm like, that's what I've always been. And I'm not being able to like do that as much. Um, Okay. So that's just like a little more double click on me. But then you also said something – about like the maximum level that an interaction can reach or something like like if if this time hanging out with this friend doesn't feel like the max that we've had before yeah and that does that sound crazy well I, I I felt it too I've thought that way too but it did sound wild hearing someone else say it you know like I felt that way but then when you said it I was like what (laughs) but I've thought that (laughs) and I felt that so I don't know I just thought that was like an interesting thing to pause on it's I mean yeah hearing you repeat it back I'm like god that's it's just repeat back what I said it's like it's just total insecurity it's the definition 
of insecurity thinking like i i don't know is this a sure thing is this a sure thing um are you gonna stay like are you sure you like me it's it's like i need to i don't trust fully trust it trust me I don't know. I think that's what it is. Or worried that like, well, if it's not at the max and, and you don't feel the max connected to me, then will I see you again? Yep. That kind of thing. I have that same compulsion. Yeah. It's like a fear of abandonment trigger. Yeah. I'd, I'd never really thought. I I don't know. I feel like I, I knew the things I do struggle with in interpersonal relationships. I'd never thought fear of abandonment as one of them. And recently I'm like, I don't know. Yep. <laughs> it might be up there. Yeah. I had that realization yeah. about myself like a year ago. I've I think I've mm. had that fear my whole life, but mm. I didn't actually like call it that until like a year ago and I I know I've known what that is and I've heard people throw around that term before and talk about themselves or other people in that way. I've heard it in like therapy type yeah. conversations, but I never related to it. And then when I started to explore this topic, and it shows up in friendships. It shows up in romantic partnerships. It shows up in any type of relationship that I have. I was like, oh, I guess that is a fear of abandonment. Like I I never use yeah. those words for it. But I, I have this compulsion to like make sure that I leave you on, a, on like the best note. Like I want to leave every interaction that I have with any person on like the best it's ever been so that they keep coming back. Or so that they don't forget me. So much me, pressure. You know, so, so that I'm not pressure. forgotten, so that I'm not lost, so that they want to come back for more. And then, but then it's like the bar has to be raised every time. So now then I want them to come back and then they come back and then I'm like, okay, now I have to do it again, but better. <laughs> and like that keeps going forever. It's sick. It's also like, even though of course people do love you for those qualities and talents and those, those are like real talents you have. It also like it can't be your value it's not and 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 like it can't it's not your whole identity this idea that and i relate to it but i i know intellectually i know if not emotionally that like people don't spend time with me just because of like something i provide to them um in a way yes like in a way all friendships actually are an exchange like we both get something out of this it's not a one-way thing but there's there's some kind of subtlety there of like just being just like being together um instead of delivering something to them and it's it's like something I'm always like trying to like resettle into Mm -hmm. I can see you getting emotional I can see your eyes like (laughs) welling up (laughs) I wish I could be next to you but yeah I this is like, wow, it, it's really crazy that you brought this up today because I was literally having this conversation a couple of days ago. I was explaining it to my boyfriend because I think he like observes this about me, but uh, doesn't fully understand it because he's really not this way. And I was like, yeah, I feel like I have to like provide. I have to like give. Oh, Caroline. I have to like give no, something. Good. Two people. I have to like solve their problem or make them laugh or unlock like a new 
deep finding like I have to like you don't I have to like do something in every interaction and if I don't I feel like I didn't do enough and like I'm gonna lose them like they're and and I I don't think about other people in that way like what you're saying about the the two-way street it's like I don't expect that of any of my friends yeah (laughs) you like what what do you want from them actually like what do you want from them you want them to just like show up and trust I I guess I'll say for myself I just like want them to show up and trust me with like wherever they are in that moment and certainly that's that's the same for them about you yeah it's funny because like attaching your identity um to your ability to make people laugh or to lift them up um none of us would say these are superficial things but in a way it's it's kind of it's almost as dangerous as coupling your identity to like how you look mm. or something. It's like maybe it's not as dangerous, but it it's there's just it's all for other people. Neither of, neither of those things are your inherent value. Yeah. There's just inherent value there um without you having to provide something. I don't know. I'm obviously talking to myself. So easier said than done, but it's it's like heartbreaking for me to hear you say that about mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's just an endless loop in my head about like my identity being so closely tied to what I give to others, what I do for others, what I make people feel. And I don't know. I don't know. I think it's like okay to some degree, but there's still a point where, where it's no longer good. We're like we're putting too much pressure on ourselves and we come back feeling worthless or something. Well, you know? yes. A huge thing I worked through in therapy, um, this was like a mantra I had, I I still have written down like in my notes and I look at it every day of just like, what if you didn't have to do anything? Like what if when you showed up and saw this person, you didn't have to be any way? What if you didn't have to do anything? Like what would that experience be like? And the answer never ends up being they would leave you. The answer is usually like peace for you and a whole different level of connection between the people. Mm. I don't think it's I don't think it's better or worse. It was just um, it's something I'm still working on, of like this antidote to the anxiety of like I have to deliver. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I don't know. It's it's something I still think when I'm walking into a situation where I'm like I hope I show up in the right way, mm-hmm. and I'm just like okay, what if you didn't have to do anything? What if you got to just like be here? and receive what it's like to be here with this person and it it, it, the answer is never like that I'm sitting there tight-lipped and giving them nothing it's like you're just experiencing in a much more open way actually it's actually it's actually a relinquishing of control I guess of like because the alternative is like I know how this needs to go down and so I'm going to make it xyz way and instead you get to like discover something different listen all of this is like i struggle with this i don't know i don't know this is what i'm working on yeah like theoretically what you're describing sounds right i'm like totally bought in as you talk about it and my therapist has told me that same thing a million times about like what if you didn't have to do anything but i mean implementing it is impossible oh my god it like that it wrecked me yeah i was like blew me apart i was like what do you mean what are you yeah it makes no sense to me i'm like well what if i fire you how about i fire you you're not doing enough yeah (laughs) yeah you should do more for me um (laughs) you should do more 
I pay you. Paid service. They should. (laughs) They literally should. That's a very different scenario. Listen, anything I say on here, basically anything I have opinions on on here are things I'm failing at. And that's why I've put a lot of thought towards it because I'm like, all right, I got to figure this out. I think that, I think we considered that as, I don't know if it was as a name for the podcast or as a name for like a segment or something, like very early. Things I'm failing at. You suggested oh, it months ago. I did say that. Yeah, things I'm failing at. Some, it was something, something like that. that. Ooh, yeah. should we read out some of the names we considered? Oh, that's a good call. Oh my god, yes. Wow, these are so good. <laughs> right, everything I'm doing wrong. That's the one. That was one. Everything of your ideas. I'm doing wrong is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Schoolgirls. <laughs> <laughs> that was one. Guys, don't take one of our great podcast names. Actually, I guess you can. I think this was a pretty good one. Did I stutter? <laughs> yeah. Well, that just makes me think of like Stanley sh- in the office. <laughs> Did I stutter? Yeah. Did I stutter? Petty pod. All talk. Petty, petty pod. I like petty We love pod. alliteration. Great. R- rude but hot. I think was one of my, one of my proposals. Rude by hot. Or mentally but hot. Because I feel like it's Mentally point, hot. We were like texting each other that a lot. Like... <laughs> I'm so glad you're my partner. You're so mentally hot. (laughs) Mentally hot. A lot of them were just things we were saying. This one, actually, I still stand by this. This is the unofficial. This is the, actually, this is really what our tagline for the podcast is. Just science. (laughs) (laughs) Just science. I'm a scientist. Just Everything's a fact. Just two scientists. um, Just two accredited scientists. Instead of opening with, we're a lover and a hater, it should be, we're two scientists. (laughs) (laughs) we're not scientists seek professional help we're not professionals i mean would you ask a scientist for help with your like existential crisis probably not i mean is a therapist a scientist i think they're different that's true (laughs) you know i have a complaint do you remember i feel like this was mostly just a thing in cartoons but maybe it was in old timey movies too do you remember this like kind of I don't even want to call it a trope, but it was just like a thing people were doing and I've never seen someone do it in real life where they were, I feel like cartoons were always like taking apples and instead of washing them, they were like rubbing one spot on their like suit jacket (laughs) and that like, what was that about? Was that like an effective like sanitation method or what was happening there? Wow. What I'm picturing, and I didn't even watch this show, but I'm picturing Mad Men, like some like spiffy, like yeah, 1950s maybe it was on there, gentleman who's like trying yeah. to show off. I feel like it's like a it's like a boys' club symbol. way of eating your apple. Yeah, like I'm not just gonna eat this. I need it to be shiny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think somebody once was like, well, the friction kills the bacteria on that one spot. Then they eat the whole apple. No one's like fucking taking a bite, rubbing the other corner, taking a bite, getting it down to a nub and rubbing it on their coat. Like, can't you get, don't you have running water? Yeah, what is that? I hate that. I hate that. I guess Bugs Bunny. I feel like yes, I can picture I feel Bugs like Bunny doing I feel it. like it was always in a cartoon. And I'm like, are the cartoons hearkening back to something people used to do? With their apples, I hate. I hate it. Maybe there's no. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe there's no running water in cartoons. That's <laughs> true. What's that mean? Maybe maybe the cartoons maybe the cartoons were made up. Oh yeah, maybe that. Probably not that. Maybe, maybe probably that. not. I would probably say that a talking rabbit 
is actually really factual and based on a, true events. Well, it's a documentary. Yeah. It's a documentary for sure. Have you ever seen the documentary Looney Tunes? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's another thing to gaslight people on, like the telling people yeah. they made a meme. You can gaslight people on like, oh yeah, my favorite documentary is SpongeBob SquarePants. Ever heard of it? <laughs> it's based in Bikini it's Bottom. It's based in Bikini Bottom. <laughs> Here's a segment called The Next Thing I Feel Like Saying, um, <laughs> which is that... Uh, I don't know if I shared this on the podcast. I don't think I did because I was in, I was just feeling shameful, but I took a break from dating over the last couple months, which is pretty much the only way to survive dating. <laughs> you have to like you stop to. dating for extended periods of time. I'm like, I'm dating. I'm like on for a week. I'm off for two months. And, um, I really needed it. I was just so fed up. I was so fed up with spending all this time with fucking strangers. And, <laughs> and, uh, I had this like, terribly upsetting miscommunication breakup whatever it was with this dude and the whole thing blew my butthole Mm -hmm. to use the clinical term yeah all the hair was singed off immediately it blew blew my whole butt strip (laughs) um but I got got back on the apps this weekend and I do have a date I have a date for this evening actually it's gonna be my first date Back on the fucking horse. I already want to shoot myself in the head. <laughs> You're like, wait, Even am I really about, saying this right now? <laughs> Even talking about the fact that I'm talking about it, like it's like, well, I'm starting rounds of chemo, like I'm some fucking yeah. hero. <laughs> like, like, just going on a it stupid is heroic. Date, bitch. It is heroic. It is heroic to take a break from dating and come back to it. I feel like that's interesting. <laughs> I am celib. I am celibate. Oh wait, you wanted to be celibate, so now I'm you are s- staying celibate. Cool. I'm really. T- committed to being celibate i like that i like that a lot thank you i like it too no i feel like people don't take enough breaks like i don't know people don't realize that they should sometimes if you're feeling like this isn't fun anymore totally take a break like it doesn't mean keep going and like (sighs) running yourself into a wall until it's fun again it's not going to be (laughs) I think I start making, I start making worse decisions too. And what I really noticed, what I really noticed, um, after this, this like final breakup I had with this guy, we only went on a couple dates, but it it was like a, it was a breakup. Like there was a phone call. Um, it really devastated my self-esteem, um, which not, not because of rejection. Like I can handle rejection. Nobody likes it, but like, it's really, it's actually funny enough. It's like, it's actually not really personal. It's just like, you're not for everybody. It's fine. Hashtag not for everyone. I'm fine with rejection. I think probably being an actor, like, I really do think that got me, like, yeah. I'm just down. Like, I know rejection is my job. I'm just very, I, I feel like I went through a, a decades long boot camp in it. But just some specifics about this break off, uh, uh, like, really hurt my self esteem. And, it was the kind of thing where I was waking up every day in my own apartment and just feeling like, God, you're such a loser. And I don't know. It was a feeling that I actually hadn't had since my breakup of my six-year relationship. Like, not wow. once. In living alone, and moving across the country, in grieving, in living in my apartment alone, never once had I had this feeling. And then this breakup, this weird little mini fucking breakup just had me feeling so badly about myself and I had this feeling then when I was then swiping on the apps like maybe looking for a next date that I was just I could just sense how much more 
likely I was to, um, I was just like ready to lower the standards. I was just ready Mm. to lower my standards for people so much. I was already thinking through like, oh, it's fine if they're like this or it's fine if they say that shitty thing or it's fine if I just like need to go on another date or it's fine if they do this to me. Um, Really as a result of my my self-esteem dropping so much, which like no fucking shit, but it was it was like interesting to note for me that I feel like I have such strong values. I know what I believe in. I know what I want from people. I know, I certainly know what I don't want. I know how I don't want to be treated. I know what I'm not going to tolerate. And all of that was so dependent on me having like healthy self-esteem. And as soon as my self-esteem dropped, all of those things I felt so secure on also dropped. So it just made me think about sometimes when I'm talking to a friend or somebody who's like having a hard time dating and I feel like they're just doing themselves a disservice and like putting up with behavior they do not need to put up with and dealing with people they do not need to deal with. Um, I'm like, I can look at these individuals and be like, oh, they really actually have really low self-esteem in this moment. And so it's, it doesn't, it's not really helpful of me to be like, oh, you don't have to put up with that shit. It's like they, I think I was overlooking this thing where like that person like, they're feeling really bad about themselves. Maybe maybe that's like a no shit kind of revelation, but I just saw the change in myself and it, it kind of opened my eyes a little bit. So taking a break felt like I need to rebuild my sense of self and then I'm going to go back in and be able to make better decisions in dating. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I don't think that's no shit. Like it is as as you say it, I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But um, I get really frustrated watching some of my friends who – I think are like the best people in the world lowering their standards and like putting yeah. up with subpar communication, subpar treatment, subpar anything. And I sometimes oversimplify it, I think, in like being the friend that's listening and giving advice. Totally. And I'm just like, why are you – I want to shake them and and be like right. – and I try to be pretty honest and direct with these friends who are close enough where I'm like, what are you doing? Like – you know that that's not good enough for you. And so move on from it. There are, you know, all all these things, all these tropes that like people tell you when you're dating and they're not helpful in the moment. And it's hard to make the connection of like, why isn't that helpful? Because once you take a step back from it, it's all very obvious. But when you're in it and you're so like deflated, it's not helpful for your friend to be like, you're better than that. And you don't need to put up with this. Like, Yes. You're not in a place to hear that and remember it when you're at those lows. Yeah, there's there's a degree of low, having your standards too low. That's like a very, you see in like really young, like y- when you're younger. Yeah. Uh, not that I'm the oldest person on earth, but like when you're less experienced, you've Early less experienced dating. dating. Or, or yeah. you're in middle school or high school or college or after whenever you're starting dating, you don't have a ton of experience, you don't know necessarily. If you, if you weren't raised with a good sense of self-respect, then you have to learn it first. You have to get the experience yeah. first. So I think I used to kind of judge it and be like, oh, they just don't have the experience. Oh, they just don't have the maturity. But there, and so that can be it. But I think there's also a level of like your esteem could have been devastated, even if you have the maturity, even if you know these things, I don't know, yeah. uh, intellectually, because I, I could see it go in and out for myself. And I was like, oh, this is the factor that's changing it. Yeah, totally. But it also, do you think it helped that you decided to take a break from dating and take yes. a break from the apps? Yes. Yeah. It didn't just yes, go away. You had to remove yourself a little. Oh, yes. No, totally. Because the alternative is trying to find that sense of validation in somebody else. No, like yeah. find you have to find it in yourself uh, first, obviously. You stupid loser. So it was, yeah, it held. <laughs> I also think there's an interesting like 
a related conversation here about like short relationships or short dating stints or something and how uh, they can like fuck you up more uh, sometimes which uh, we've, like, we've mentioned before in yeah. our I think like listeners when we were doing the breakup episode some people wrote in like can you talk about when it's like a really short thing and it ends like in a lot of ways in my personal experience I feel like that can hurt more because you're almost like this person didn't like the feeling you're left with which isn't true but it's it's what you're telling yourself is true in a lot of those situations is like this person didn't even want to stick around to get to know more about me. They saw this one thing. It made them deduce such a slap. this it about like such me. A slap. Yeah, they, yeah. They deduce something about me that's actually not correct. And then they, they decided to peace out instead of like giving me more chances or getting to know me better or seeing that they really misjudged me you feel very misjudged in a lot of those like short relationships that end yeah and, and you're it's like kind oh of like, i could explain this right. yeah they're just different pains i feel like it's very profoundly different to go through a breakup with a long-term attachment i want to validate it because yeah. i have friends who have been through things like that i've been through things like that and but i have friends who have told me like oh I was talking to so-and-so about this, like, two-month relationship that ended, and they, like, really belittled it and and were like, well, it was short. You'll bounce back. What is the fucking value of doing that to somebody? I know. I totally agree, but it happens. It's so gross how much it No, happens. I know. It's just like, what is the fucking point? What I don't know, point? but if people are dealing with that, like, we're here to tell you. Fuck them, as my dad would fuck say. Em. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> there. That's it. Topic closed. Okay, I have a couple other random things. Yeah, juice me up. Um, you didn't react to that. I thought you were gonna react to that. It was funny. Oh, juice me up. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I said it. I said it weird. <laughs> I think I'm just like used to you doing that. I'm like, you're yeah, tuning me yeah. out. You're tuning me. Out. <laughs> yeah, she's just talking. She's still yeah, fucking talking yeah. to me. Cool. Still fucking talking. I want to start a segment that is basically going to be me critiquing other podcasts, specifically podcasts who interview, I kind of did this a couple episodes ago, podcasts that interview people from reality dating shows. Because there are several podcasts that are like Bachelor podcasts or podcasts where they have like the Love is Blind people come on and they interview them. And I watch all of them or listen to all of them because – I'm just obsessed with reality dating content. And whenever I talk about it on here, I'm like not sure if it's going to land. And then we get a ton of DMs from people who are like equally invested in these shows. Yeah. And so anyway, I also watch the podcast where they interview the cast like after the fact. And they do a terrible job of asking the questions that the public <laughs> want asked and like holding people accountable. And it makes me really angry and they just let them say stuff like we're going to do life together instead of getting to the bottom of things. And I'm tired of it because I'm wasting hours of my life watching these podcasts on YouTube. And are they making me do that? No, but I'm doing it anyway. And I'm mad because I'm doing it with the promise and the hope that like I'm going to get some clarity and some closure from these shows. And then I get nothing. I'm left with nothing. So all I'm doing right now is laying the groundwork for this segment that I'd like to have eventually. I don't think I have anything specific to call out today. <laughs> Groundwork laid. Groundwork fucking laid, bitch. We gotta get, like, she just wants an investigative journalist on the case. <laughs> I know. I was like, should I start a YouTube channel? Like a reaction YouTube Probably. channel? 
Yeah, about probably. where I react to these terrible podcast interviews. I hate it. Yes, I hate it. That's a that's a whole YouTube genre. Yes, you should. I you know. Yeah. The only person who does it well is Nick Vial, who yes, I love him, dude. I job. I fucking love him. He is so great. I don't know if He's you guys. So Literally, have I talked about him on the podcast before? He so many things about him make me want to be like, you fucking silly poodle boy. Mm-hmm. But he he is actually, if you're going through a breakup, if you're having trouble wading through like fuck girls and fuck boys of dating and like learning self-respect, I found I followed his Instagram and his Instagram stories so hardcore, like when I was coming out of my big relationship breakup, and it was incredibly helpful. It was incredibly yeah. valuable. Like I would absolutely at the very least follow his stories he does he'll like have people write in and be like this is my dating Sarah what does it mean when he says this what does it mean when they do that and he is fucking brutally honest honest he is not trying to make you uh, he he's not blowing smoke up your ass and I found it so helpful and it's really nice to hear him say this to other people so you don't have to receive it yourself but you yeah. can see like objectively looking at someone else going through this scenario you're like oh that is what happened that yeah. no duh like I don't need to put up with that I don't need to miss it I don't need to waste time there so helpful he's Nick so Vi- good Nick Vial Nick Viali Nick Vial Nick Vial yeah he's, he's so he's good cute and he cute he interviews people from these dating shows because he was the way his career got started because is he was on The Bachelor bachelor he were yeah. bachelor he were too. bachelor and so he has he's the only one that's like asking the love is blind the love is blind reunion happened and it was so boring and terrible but then he had a couple <laughs> of the castmates on his show that week and he's been like posting those episodes on youtube um and i've been watching them immediately and they're good he <laughs> actually asked the questions that people want to know sometimes i want him to go a little deeper but i also get that he's like in person with a human being and trying to like be respectful yeah. but he pushes them and he asks good questions and he like i don't know i feel like the reason i love watching these shows is because it really is like a psychological experiment and like a way for me to study how people behave how relationships operate how communication breaks down but watch it in a way where I'm completely removed from it and I'm allowed to talk about it I'm allowed to gossip about these people because I don't like I actually really feel icky when I'm talking about people in my life and like what's going on with them and their relationships I know it's we all do it sometimes but I don't like that feeling but you're permitted to gossip about reality tv people and so I love it because it like it just gives me, I don't know, it gives, it's like a good thing we can all react to. It's the safe place. Like they, they, they agreed to it, right? They yep. agreed to it. I feel like they don't. And I don't know them. It, but they, they agreed to it and they're getting paid and maybe they do love it. And, yeah. and we don't know them, but you're right. It's actually like the safe place to do that. Talk about relationships. Yeah, no, I buy, I, I mean, it's, it's very fun. Mm-hmm. Once you're caught up on Love is Blind, I know it's going to take a while because you're watching it week to week with some friends, but. Once you're caught up, if it's not totally irrelevant, which it will be probably, but we should talk about it. We should have like a a segment yeah. where we break things down because I have so many I have so many things to say. Or maybe I'll start this YouTube channel before that happens, one or the other. You know what? You know what's a note I have in my fucking notes? What? <laughs> Episode like one, you talked about trying to buy sunglasses for your boyfriend. You didn't know if they would fit. Did they fit his head? I've been like, I've like been... Th- I've been thinking about it since Christmas. They were too small. They're too small. Okay. I think in that episode, I said that I bought an extra large and I actually, in fact, bought a large. They so were a, liar. a little too so small. You're a liar. I lied and I never followed up about it because I was ashamed. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, they were too small. I mean, they fit him, but they just like looked too narrow on his face. So yeah, we ended up going and doing like a try sunglasses try on in person shopping spree type of thing where he tried on a bunch of stuff and then picked out the ones that worked better and we like switched them out so it was actually fun because it turned into an activity I feel like that's way more fun for gift giving I'm not gifts are not big for me as a love language yeah um, so if it Same. can be like don't need, don't let's need go them. shopping together and choose let's go return like let's go let's go return, return clothes things. together <laughs> but no but we turned it into like a cute try on so Aww, yeah fashion show fashion show fashion, <laughs> fashion show, show at, at lunch, lunch. <laughs> fashion show at lunch I say that constantly. All the time. Yeah, you do. Don't explain it. You better know. Okay. Don't explain anything. All right. Let's finish it up there. Thanks for asking that. That was really pressing and I'm sure a lot of people were stressed. (laughs) I think it's actually why I haven't been sleeping at night. Yeah. 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 This has been Not For Everyone. You tuned in and that's your fault and you'll never get this time back. You can find us on Instagram at not the number four everyone pod instagram.com check it out you can find jay-z debakey hanging out on there uh, also me the good sitter what the heck else you know what i'm gonna say i'm what? gonna say i should have said this i should have called this out more in our last in our last one i do episode or any episode if you want to share it with a friend you should if you've you been totally thinking should. i want to share it with a friend but i don't know if they would like that i'm letting you know that we would like it and then you let this be your bachelor episode. This this is your bachelor that you can gossip about with your friends, and you'd be oh. like, you know what, you know what stupid thing Caroline said today, and oh. they'll be like, and you did you see how Jess's hair looked the other day? And then you guys can talk about that. And great call. I was like, where's she going with this bachelor comparison? But it worked. You made it work. <laughs> this is how it works. Share it with a friend, please. Do any of our episodes, even you know whichever one you felt like. Yeah, your fave. pick a good one though. Like pick a pick a good one. Don't send them one of the bad ones. I'll tell you if you don't know if it's a Please good don't. episode or a bad episode, send it to me and I'll be like, that's a bad one. <laughs> so send them a good one. You know what I mean? Maybe we should make like a <laughs> we'll make like a guide. If you're thinking about ask, <laughs> sending this to a friend, here are our top three where we think we come off the best. I think I did it's really all about good. Us. I think I did really good in some of them, and then I think in some I'm intolerable. Right. I think I would agree. <laughs> no, I think I I definitely have my favorites for myself and I have my favorites for you. And sometimes they're different, but that's why it works because we bounce. We make it work. We, we be bouncing. We do it. We bounce and bounce. We bounce okay. and bounce. And that's it. Don't let me keep talking. Love you. The kisses. That's my new thing <laughs> I'm going to say. Kisses. kisses. Oh, and dog okay. sex. We haven't done it in a while. <laughs> forgot that was something we were yelling at each other also thank you to abby newhouse for editing this episode you can find her on instagram at abi newhouse she's a prince it's really weird that countries have different names in different languages totally I allow. I green light this complaint. <laughs> Ship Thank it. Thank you. Yeah, I guess it was a complaint. <laughs> I have an just as an international complaint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> international.